Welcome, MJ fam, music lovers, listeners of the Black Jackson Estate podcast. Thank you so much for joining us on this very special episode of the Black Jackson Estate podcast. This is a very special and unique episode. We've never done one like this before, but there's no better time than the present to do something that is worth doing. And we are excited to celebrate today, Juneteenth, a holiday that is very, very near and dear um, in the lives of African Americans across the United States um, and is now recognized as of a couple of years ago in 2021, a federal holiday where we remember uh, when the slaves in Galveston, Texas were told that they were free after the Civil War. I'm user one and I'm joined by user 1.5. User 1.5, how are you doing today? Listen, it's Juneteenth. We've been free-ish since 1865. It's a good day. Today's a good day. Ish. Black people love to say we've been free-ish, and there's a reason for that. Um, But on Juneteenth, it's a celebration that happens yearly. Black people have been celebrating for over 100 years now, and it is just now being recognized at the federal level. But it is indeed a celebration, um, very, very important celebration uh, for all Americans, but certainly for African Americans who are descendants of enslaved individuals, Africans who were brought to this country against their will and held in bondage Um, and it is a celebration of that freedom Um, and one can only imagine if you were to put yourself in these folks shoes in 1865 and the 1800s how they felt how those folks all across the United States in the southern states in the succession states the, the black folks in the free states the black folks who escaped and went to Canada the black folks who escaped and went to Mexico how they felt in this moment in time in the 1800s when they learned that this country was finally going to fulfill its promise of freedom to all and equality to all men, or at least begin to fulfill that promise. So we decided this is not Michael related at all, or maybe it is Michael related because if give us us free didn't happen, uh, there would be no uh, Michael Jackson. So maybe all, if we really think about it, is all related. That I was from Amistad, by the way. That's from Amistad. But anyway, yeah. I don't know. I think it may still all be related here, right? Um, we are all descendants and standing on the contributions and the sacrifices of our ancestors who in this country, uh, you know, survived the Middle Passage, survived uh, hundreds of years of bondage and servitude, forced uh, servitude in this country to get to a place where you would have someone uh, at some point like a Michael Jackson, uh, like a Martin Luther King, like, uh, you know, so 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 Journal Truth is, is pre- but anyway um <laughs> very <laughs> rosa parks and you know uh the, the the black panther party all these all these different movements in america stand on the shoulders of folks who during this period of time gained their freedom and fought for that freedom um and so we want to take an opportunity to do something we've never done like i said and that is celebrate this day so use a 1.5 take it away well as user one said juneteenth is a celebration it has it is the oldest celebrated black holiday in the United States. On January 1st, 1863, President Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation, which declared all enslaved persons held in bondage in states in rebellion against the U.S. were free. Lincoln's proclamation freed slaves in the 11 Confederate States of America, which included South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, Georgia, Tennessee, 
Texas, Louisiana, Florida, Arkansas, Mississippi, and Alabama. Although slaves in Texas were free as of January 1st, 1863, they did not learn of their freedom until June 19th, 1865, when Union Officer Major General Gordon Granger issued General Order Number 3, which read in part, The people of Texas are informed that in accordance with a proclamation from the Executive of the United States, all slaves are free. Celebrations of freedom have been observed by the African-American community going back to 1866. Juneteenth is known as America's second Independence Day and is the longest running African-American holiday. President Joe Biden signed the bill making Juneteenth a federal holiday on June 17th, 2021, making Juneteenth the 11th American federal holiday. Wow. 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 Let's do the math. What's the math for? What's, what math are Let's we doing? Let's do some math. What's the 2021 math? was when it was officially, when Juneteenth, Juneteenth was officially a, recognized as a federal As a federal holiday. holiday. Now, many states were already recognizing this day, right? So that's, you know, that's that's one thing. But when, once it becomes a legal federal holiday, all the federal workers get the day off. Yeah. It's the like, banks close um, up. It's like Martin Luther King Day. It is actually the first holiday since Martin Luther King Day to be a legal federal holiday, which again means that all the banks going to close. The federal, the federal workers going to get the day off. That signal signifies the significance it's of an this day. day. Yeah. It's very, very important. Now, how long it took us to get here? 156 years, 156 y'all. years. 156. And we know that was it was not always a popular idea to turn Juneteenth into a, into a federal holiday, right? This is not something that people just woke up one day and said, oh let's do it there's been a lot of struggle and a lot of work put in on the part of activists and folks who recognize this should be honored at the highest of levels in this country um and so we know that in recent times it's been embraced by um many people across the aisles it's become a it became a popular thing so much so that um uh, donald trump uh, wanted to be the president oh, <laughs> who would Christ. give black america this holiday federally okay. joe biden mm-hmm. uh, ends up being the one to do it but again there are years and years many people maybe that's hard wanted, labor why, that that's works. why he wanted him for more years so he could well you know you know the build. pandemic maybe maybe the panda got in his way the you panorama know, got in his way make america great again i don't know um but <laughs> What an amazing sort of history for black people in this country, Juneteenth being this this thing where we're calling it America's second Independence Day. I think a lot of people will say it's actually its first Independence Day or the, the true Independence Day of well, it's America. Black America's Independence it's Day. Definitely our Independence Day. And, yeah. and I want to talk a little bit about that um, because it, it, like, let's go back to American history. I know this is a long time for some people. And if you're not from America and you're listening to this, this, this may be an education to you. So I Obviously, July 4th is Americans' independence from the mother. Well, and, and that was the day that, that wasn't the day that, in, that was the day independence was declared. That was the day that right. that they wrote the, uh, not I keep wanting to say Emancipation Proclamation because that's on my mind right now. But that was the day that they wrote the, the Declaration. Declaration of Independence. Uh, that wasn't the actual day that, you know, that wasn't the end of the, the fighting with the right. British. Well, all of that's true. 
irrelevant to our discussion now. But well, yes, this is but true. Yeah. But the, the, the relevant part of that that I actually wanted to get to was that freedom for slaves. Because at this point, America was a slave uh, the the colonies were slave co- these were slave mm-hmm. colonies many of them right mm-hmm. that conversation was really big even at the dawn of America's independence from Great Britain right and that conversation was seminal to the conversation about independence right they talked about it extensively um, and ultimately they this the the wrong side went out of that and they said that we're going to be independent but we're not going to free people we're going to we're going to we're going to get our independence from what we feel is oppressive but we're not going to give that to everyone here in this country right to the place where black people were kind of put in this odd position right where some were uh, had allegiance to the colonies and the colonists and what they were doing. And then there were other black people who said, well, no, I want to be free too. And Great Britain said, well, if you can fight for us, we'll free you. Right. So that's, that's the 1700s. And it takes another, that's in 1776. So we take almost another 100 years for a conversation that clearly was being had a hundred years prior for us to get to this place um, of independence for all people in this country where no one can be held in servitude and slavery and in bondage. So it's really significant. Um, and, you know, it can't be underscored how important it is to recognize this period of time and those people who really sacrificed so that we could have freedom. Right. Um, so I, I want to ask you this, user 1.5, why is it to you personally? Why is mm-hmm. Juneteenth so important? This is just a, a two parter. Why is it important to you personally? And then two, why is it important? So why is it so important to the African American community? Obvious aside, you know, why is it so important? So I, you know, I I'm a history buff, and so I just want to first I want to add on to what you just said. The conversation about slavery. The conclusion was we won't expand slavery into any new states that we add on to this that is called the United States, which is how a lot of the northern states became free slate, uh, free states without slavery, not necessarily without racism, but without slavery. That was the compromise. And at some point when the South decided to succeed, it was because uh, it was because of slavery ultimately because you know and they like to say like the people who don't want to agree with that are are dishonest okay they're liars Mm -hmm. either knowingly or unknowingly but the the war which started in 1861 the american Mm -hmm. civil war was wholly about this issue and now and as you're saying that because i think it's important also to note that History, uh, the winner always gets to write history, right? So what what ends up happening is the the Union states, the Northern states, like to paint a picture where they were just the good guys, um, not who, necessarily, <laughs> who just who who had a moral compass. But the truth is that the whole country was running in large part off the engine, the economic engine of slavery, of slavery yeah. which was an, an, a Southern American institution, mm-hmm. huge institution. Um, but it, this whole country was running yeah. off of slavery. Yeah. Um, so there was no good or bad, right? And, you know, the proclamation comes almost two years after the war starts. Well, right? the proclamation comes because ultimately the South was kicking the Union's ass. Okay? That's a fact. And what happened was President Lincoln had to make a choice, right? And he made the choice that he made. I don't know if he made it. People are like, he loved black people. I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't there and I didn't know the man. But he made the choice because how do you cripple an entire industrial powerhouse? You take away the workers. 
So if you don't have free labor to build whatever, get the bullets, build the, you don't have money funneling, funneling in from these crops that these slaves are picking and the things that the slaves mm-hmm. are doing, then you can't run a war, right? You exactly. can't win a war. And they needed and them so, slaves to join up. And they needed the slaves they needed them. to keep working to funnel money into the war effort. So when you say that now these people, these people who have been working for free are no longer required to work for free, your money slows up, your funds dry up. And ultimately what happened happens, which is you lose the damn war. You lose the war. And here's the thing, because it was not so it wasn't just so, you know, this easy. They just like you said, there was a point where the South was really kind of in command um, of this war when Lincoln declares. And that's, if you're a history buff and you know some stuff you can fill in some holes for is definitely do so. When Lincoln says when he declares that the United States is now not a country that will tolerate slavery, the foreigners. Mm hmm. The foreign countries who had power, right? Because at this point, foreign the foreign countries, a lot of them were have abolished slavery, right? They've yeah. abolished slavery, mm-hmm. and some of them were were supplying, giving supplies to both sides, right? At the point that you say, "Listen, we are an anti-slavery country," you gain additional support from mm-hmm. overseas, right? Um, these countries join up, so it was strategic in many ways because we know Lincoln said, "If I could have preserved the Union by keeping slavery, he would have done. He would have done so, right?" So he's also looking, even though he. That's why people say he was a good guy. Even if he felt his personal leanings were opposite to that, that's what he was willing to do. But it was not possible to do. Right, because Um, that's what had been done up to that point. That's how you get the three. All this compromise. compromise. That's how you get all of these these different things. things. Yeah, yeah. It had been like, okay, we see the elephant in the room, but we're gonna act the Louisiana compromise. Right, Right. you get the Louisiana compromise. You got the three fifths compromise. You have all these, and and the three fifths compromise, which is just wholly gross when you explain it out. (laughs) I'm not even going to explain it out because this idea that, you know, a a person is three fifths of a person. um, It was for every ridiculous. So what it was, was the slave states had obviously an overwhelming number of slaves. Right. So when you're saying we're going to send these people for the Constitution, I'm sorry, for the uh, uh, what is it? Constitutional Congress to vote for president. And and, and it's based on people who are actually allowed to vote or or the number of citizens, the slaves were considered property, not people. And so what the Southern states said was like, hey, um, we got all these slaves and we actually got more people than the Northern states, but we're gonna get less representation if you only count the people that we consider to be people. So the compromise was for every five slaves, it would count as three people. Yeah, I told you not to explain that bullshit. So- <laughs> and here you are explaining it. It's stupid. Even when you yeah. explain it and you get it, you shouldn't really get it. It should really reject in, yeah. in your frontal lobe. And if it doesn't reject at, right at the top, right. something's wrong with you. Like that, that whole idea is absolutely ridiculous. But it had everything to do with the South feeling that they wanted greater representation. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to use these same individuals that they didn't want to recognize as human. Right. Um, to, to gain to that additional representation. So you come up with the yeah. stupidest idea. That's what they came up that with. That says that you're not human. <laughs> you're three fifths of a human. I guess the other two fifths are, I don't know what you are. Don't count. That's well, alien. Property, right? Well, were ultimately property. you're property. But, but wait a minute. But for this moment, we want to call you part human. Part humanoid. Part, I don't know. So anyway, so the the country had already been grappling with all this stuff. Like, that's U.S. history. There's so much to learn in U.S. history, even that, you know, I don't know. I learn something new every day. Mm -hmm. I just finished rereading Up From Slavery. 
which is Booker T. Washington's uh, autobiography. Um, and, you know, he's a, a great American thought leader from the 1800s, early 1900s. There's always something new to learn. Um, and this is certainly a time period that is, it, it, there are consequences of the past that are still pre- prevalent and present today Mm -hmm. um and that includes this period of american history the 1860s the 1800s where america really was trying to decide who we gonna be Mm -hmm. right and in black america now we're talking about what was happening in politics and economics in america and that's 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 white land-owning prominent america that's not poor white america either right this is prominent white america that these conversations are being had in And black people are also seeing what's happening around the world. Most importantly, by the time we get to the early 1800s, black people have seen what's happened in Haiti in St. Dominique um, in a in a French territory uh, where the slaves there overthrew the government on their own. Yeah. To gain their own freedom. All of this also galvanizes where we end up in as far as, you know, the, the civil war happening because black people, you know, information didn't move like it does today. But it moved. Um, and, and I remember reading, I'm not sure what book I was reading, where it was talking about how black people came to learn certain things. Because, uh, you know, one way was that, you know, the a master might send a black person to the post office to get the mail. And so while they're there, they're listening to hear. Of because course. the people are there talking about the news. Of course. They're reading newspapers. And these, these slaves are ingesting, because they can't read. They're right. ingesting conversation and learning. And then it would spread from plantation to plantation to plantation. So all these different things. Um, the slaves were, they weren't, the black people weren't dumb. They weren't, they, they understood what was going on. And the people in power knew that, that wanted to keep them subjugated, knew that that was a danger. Right? But ultimately, all these facts of history, um, not just American history. Again, you're talking about what happened in Haiti, uh, what black people were running to Canada. You had um, Harriet Tubman funneling people everywhere for freedom. Mm-hmm. All this stuff is happening and leads up to this place where we get to this war and then ultimately um, to freedom. Oh, granted freedom, absolutely. And and to get to your original <laughs> question, why is it so important? It's important. I, I so I I think about the first time I heard I heard the word Juneteenth. I didn't even know what it meant. My grandmother said something about it. And I was probably, oh my gosh, I don't know, maybe nine, ten. And she said something, oh, today is Juneteenth. And I was like, what is a Juneteenth? I thought it was like, mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was. And she said, oh, well, it's the day that black people were free in this country. That is literally how she explained it. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, well, why is it called Juneteenth? Because as a nine-year-old, that's not a word, right? <laughs> and she said to me, well, you know, back then, Black people maybe didn't understand the word or understand what was being said. So instead of saying June 19th, they shortened it to Juneteenth because that just was easier to say or or, or made more sense. Something like that was her explanation for how we got the word Juneteenth. And and that across languages is how people, how you get slang and, and things like that. You combine two words and make it one word. So that was my introduction to Juneteenth. That was the first and last time I heard about Juneteenth after my grandmother said something. Other than that, people don't really talk about it, right? And it didn't really become a center point of conversation. Well, hold on. Let me pause you. So when you say people don't talk about it, now we're talking about 10-year-old you. You're talking about as a kid. No, I'm talking about as I grew up and, and, and became older. Mm-hmm. People don't talk, People didn't talk about Juneteenth. People didn't say like, oh, today is Juneteenth, right? June 19th rolled around. Mm-hmm. It came and went every year. Nobody said, oh, today is Juneteenth. Oh, t-, you know what I mean? Like that was something that I didn't hear often. 
And so for me, the importance of Juneteenth is not only the freedom of those last slaves who had no idea that they were free. I mean, how messed up is that, right? Two years into your freedom, you still are working for free because you have no idea that you're free, okay? Um, But it the importance of it is this it for me it's important as a national holiday because it is this country recognizing that recognizing us as a people and our own separate struggle for freedom aside and apart from the american struggle for freedom we are 100 percent american because we were brought here to work to build, to whatever, whatever we were here to pick cotton and and pick uh, soybeans or whatever we were brought here for, right? But we brought our own religions. We brought our own experiences. And that has been embedded in us as a people over generations. And so I think that that Juneteenth really acknowledges our own ancestry and our own freedom and it gives a voice to the people who are here who never got to see this as a national holiday and I thought what I thought was interesting about what you said was that you learned it from our grandmother who our grandmother was born in the 1920s um and she didn't finish high school um she I'm trying to think how far she got and I can't remember how far she got she didn't finish high school but she learned how to read and she learned how to write and she learned she learned in school right even though she didn't finish high school and a lot of black people didn't receive the full value of education because they had to stop to work right so think about my grandmother who was born in the 20s and her her mother who was born in the early 1900s mm-hmm. and then i think about her mother who, who was born, was born in, the- in the 1880s i believe and then you go back a little further and yeah uh no i think she was born in that uh, yeah, maybe 1906. Yeah, that sounds right. Mm-hmm. I think grandma's mom was born in the early 1900s. Yeah, like 1906. Or yeah, it's like 1903. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then her mother was born in, in the, like the 1880s, mm-hmm. the later part of the 1800s. And then you go back one more and you really are inside of the institution of slavery. So for, for us, it's not a hard leap and it's not hard to follow those things and to follow your history back. Um, and my grandmother, you know, she used to talk to us. I used to say, grandma, why don't you know a lot about some of the things that happened in slavery? And she said, they didn't want to talk about that. It was trauma. <laughs> trauma. It was traumatic. You know, I and, can't and, blame them. And so much of our history is lost because of that trauma and not yeah. sharing it, right? Yeah. Because they just wanted to move on and have a life that, that was safe and honorable and happy and that there was joy. Mm-hmm. Um, but my grandmother was certainly someone who would talk to you about these things, especially if you asked. So that was interesting that you said she's the one who first introduced the term to you. And as we're from North Carolina, so we're part of the big dummies that were in the Confederate <laughs> States of America. One of the last big dummies to join um, because we weren't a big, you know, cotton is king state. We weren't a big, you know, we weren't South Carolina. We weren't like essentially the the it, you know, the it of the South. Right. Like that's the South Carolina, uh, Georgia, uh, these big cotton producing states, rice uh, mm-hmm. states. That wasn't North Carolina. North Carolina is a very interesting sort of 
our state, you can kind of separate it into like four terrains, right? Yeah. So our state doesn't even, you know, as far as the, the land move mm-hmm. in a way where you can do a lot of the things that were happening in the other big southern holding, you know, slave holding states. Even um, our coastal land is not like the land is not, you can't really grow. It's not like, good you can't for do it. Rice right. Like you it's, it's not good for yeah. it. Right? And you think about, okay, even the mountains of North Carolina, what you going to grow up there like that, you know? Yeah. So it's just very different, right? Um, and then you have like the middle part of the state. That's where your sweet spot really starts to be where you know things can happen but um you know so north carolinians aren't gonna maybe not remember even black north carolinians remember or celebrate juneteenth in the way that folks in texas obviously where Mm -hmm. this is where that proclamation finally they got that order in 1865 they've been celebrating since then right although all black people in the south have been acknowledging this so it makes sense that even where we're from, not as prevalent as far as celebrating, but this is an African-American celebration um, that is universally celebrated around this country. Um, I want to ask you this as well. Um, why is why is Juneteenth, when you think about it, it's also, it's important to black people, and we talked about that. Why is Juneteenth also important to all of us? Why should it be important to all Americans? You know, it, it should be important to all Americans because we're all here together. You know, and and even though some of our experiences are not shared experiences, we share this country together. And, you know, it's like uh, what offends your brother should also offend you. You know what I mean? If if this is it's just like Cinco de Mayo. First of all, that's not even a real holiday. But go ahead. We, we'll take it. Right. We love to get tacos and tequila on May 5th because we claim it's Mexican Independence Day, which it is not. But. We're we're gung ho to do that, right? Why not a holiday where your fellow man finally the last of those, right? Because this is the let's let's be clear. This is not the day that all slaves found out that they were free. This is the day that the slaves in Galveston, Texas, who were some of the last holdouts, because remember, the proclamation went out, but a lot of the slaveholders were like, I ain't finna do that. I'm not doing that. Well, first I had to find out about it, right? And if I'm remembering history right, so again, folks, there's no Google, there's no none of this, obviously. So how do you find out about something that happened in Washington, D.C. when you live in Florida? Well, normally they were finding out about these things because either it was in the newspaper, but if you don't read or get the newspaper, whatever the case may be, um, you found out because those Union soldiers showed up. And told you. And told you. And showed you the piece of paper. <sighs> and and they looted your house. And they, you know what I mean? Like, well, they arrested you. They arrested you. Maybe you got yeah. arrested. They <laughs> looted your house. And, you know, you found out that your slaves, you know, they would go tell these slaves, you're free now. Yeah. And, you know, even that, like, what do these people do with that? And what and you know, exactly because the United do? States didn't set up anything for these people like right. they didn't do anything. But at the end of the war, the slaveholders were financially compensated for the loss of their property. Right. So but nothing was done. You're 40 acres. You're not getting you couldn't even get that damn mule. Yeah. I mean, I, I and the thing you have a, an entire class of people, race of people who in the South, in the American South, and we're not talking about all over because there were some freed men and freed slaves up in the North who had jobs and had skills and things like that. There were also skilled workers down here in the South, the Masons and, and people like that. But then you have the people who had no education and no skills, and now you're telling them that they are free. You are your own boss. 
you get to do your own thing. And for a lot of those people, that was a scary thought because they had never lived their lives outside of someone telling them when to get up, what time to go to bed, what to do, how to do it. You know what I mean? So I can only imagine the elation, but also the, the, the being terrified and the terror of, of being free all of a sudden. And that's, you make a good point because especially think about and sometimes we don't think about because we don't think about these people in our society today think about the older slaves mm-hmm. what were they going to do and the truth is that some of them went back to their masters and asked to stay mm-hmm. because this is all they knew and what were they going to do right they knew that they had a place they could stay they would be you know quote unquote cared for um it's a complex time and mm-hmm. it's a complex you know and the the freed the freed uh blacks some were african some african-americans but the free at this point it's supposed to just be african-americans you're not supposed to have been born in africa but we know the slave trade didn't quite end when they say it ended (laughs) but these freed people they just wanted to have a place of land where they could grow food for themselves Mm -hmm. and take care of themselves and they couldn't even do that like the complications after this are you know, there it, it can't be studied enough, right. right? And but and the country didn't, like you said, didn't set them up for success. There was no setup there for was success. Nothing. And you can say, well, oh, and now you're free, do what you want. Like that's not realistic. You know what I mean? It's not realistic, and it should it shouldn't also be. It also isn't the answer given to white people who settled this country or who wanted to settle the country in other places. Definitely not the answer given to those slaveholders who were, of course, like, like we said, compensated financially compensated Mm -hmm. for this quote unquote loss. And then, um, you know, and then so forth and so forth. And, and, and let me say this, I say this, like, I think that it's important for all Americans to acknowledge Juneteenth for all these reasons, because um, it's, it's a part of American history that is not so openly discussed because of the wound right. that is so raw. Think right. about this. this the wound of black people in America is still so raw because subsequent to freedom, we haven't been f- free, right? And subsequent to freedom, we've been terrorized. Um, and subsequent to freedom, this same country that said, hey, you're free and we're going to protect you, failed to do so. Correct. Um, and so this, 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 it, and, and the same country exploited you and that's, and you know, f- exploited your body, exploited your labor, your economy, you know, all these different things, exploit your culture, exploited your history, right? Erased your history in many ways. Mm-hmm. The, the, the pain of the, of the, in, of the infliction of the wound is still so raw, right? Mm-hmm. So we don't even talk about it in the way that we need to. We don't talk about it in American history. We don't talk about it in schools. Definitely not in public schools. Um <laughs> that we we never really with. talked about it in public schools. It was it was always very whitewashed. Um when we did talk about it and I do remember talking about slavery in like very very loose and very gentle terms in elementary school after that it didn't really come up Uh, and i'm and i'll be 37 this year guys so it's it's this wasn't that long ago um but what i will say is this like uh, i think about this in terms of of course it's a day of jubilation a day that we should be celebrating that the last of the slaves were finally told that they were free people free to do what they wanted with themselves with their families go anywhere in this country they wanted to go that it is certainly a day of, of celebration, but also should be a day of reflection on us as a people in this country. And we see the things that are going on around us. And we really, you know, I, I really, it makes me sad because I really want 
people to just understand each other in this country. Um, I, I read a book, it's called Cast by Isabella Wilkerson, and she talks about the foundation of this country as in the foundation of a house. And what she says is, if you have a house, it's a beautiful house, but the foundation is not stable. It doesn't matter what you build on top of that. It doesn't matter how beautiful the house is. It doesn't matter how many rooms it has, what the furniture looks like. At some point, the foundation is going to fail you. Right. And you're going to have to go back and you're going to have to you're fix have the to foundation. Fix it. Listen, everybody knows the story of the three little pigs. The one that built a house of sticks, straw, and bricks. Mm-hmm. America? Straw. America built their house out of all of the above. <laughs> and wondering they why. They put the bricks on top of the straw. Though. Wondering why it's struggling. Right. No, you're, you're absolutely right. You have to deal with this thing. Mm-hmm. And you have to deal with what what does you can never it's kind of like this um it's like we say as attorneys especially personal injury attorneys say there's no amount of money that we can pay that you can receive that will make up for the thing the harm to your life right but this is the only way we have to recognize money is the only way we have Mm -hmm. to recognize that a harm was done to you and that you are owed something. And the thing that you are owed is far beyond money. But this is the only thing we can do. And that's where black people are today. And I'm not trying to bring a reparations conversation into it. But the com- the conversation becomes there's this big harm done to this group of people who have literally laid the foundation of this country. This country has built its wealth on the backs of the descendants of the ancestors of these folks, right? What What do you do? And not just slavery. We're talking about the the what they called reconstruction they called the time after reconstruction that gap period like the most terrifying time for black people in american history that's literally what they called it like that's how scary the next 20 to 30 years gets after 1865 right up until bringing into the 1900s up into up into the new the new negro era up into civil rights there's years and years of harm it's not just slavery how do, but how do you how do you answer the call to make right that harm to this group right and that's that's that's, that's the, the continuing question. conversation that's right but even on juneteenth all these things come to mind right as we're celebrating what is freedom we we also ask the question what is freedom right we're celebrating a very factual thing but we're black people actually free um but regardless of the answer to that because there is no real answer um recognizing juneteenth um has been a journey in this country yeah and the fact that we're here is what we are celebrating and we are celebrating those nameless and faceless people um who survived who Who survived. survived and tried to thrive afterwards and listen guys listen you can't ever heal from a wound if you don't clean it and bandage it yeah and y'all take with that and run with it however you want. And I think half the problem is that white people don't know what to do. Like they feel that white people feel that black people, a lot. Now I'm talking about the well-meaning people, <laughs> the allies, as the, the allies, they don't, there's, there's two ways to take allyship. Either you can feel really, this is the thing people, I don't want to feel bad about me, but sometimes you, you do feel bad about what someone in your lineage has done, right? You're not responsible for it, but it doesn't mean that their their bad acts don't bring you shame, right? Um, that that's that can still be a fact. If you go out and kill somebody tomorrow in cold blood in, in this in the city of Oaks 
I didn't do it, but your bad act has truly brought me shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and I can't take responsibility yeah. for you. Right. right. I can't individually take responsibility for you, but you know what will take responsibility for you? The system. Yeah. This system is supposed to hold you accountable. And that's the thing I think most black people are saying. We're not trying to individually impute responsibility on white people for all the things, but the institutions should bear some responsibility. Right. And I think that's where the conversation should go and a lot of times people take it very personal and it's like well i can't how can i hold you responsible let's say your great granddaddy was in one of them lynch mobs from back in the day let's say your great granddaddy was in a lynch mob from the 20s or the 30s that's not that far ago i can't hold you responsible for great granddaddy right but the family who had their home taken from them because they didn't want them in their neighborhood and your granddaddy was part of the lynch mob and the the state the refused to do anything about it the state should do something today to write that. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I have this conversation a lot with my clients, not this specific conversation, but just general roundabout. I think for the most part, and I've told one of my clients, I said, you know, in this country, as a non-person of color, you can literally, and this is the truth, you can live your entire life and never have to intimately interact with a person of color. That is very possible, okay? And I don't mean just going to the grocery store and seeing a person of color. I'm talking about having them in your orbit, in your circle, people that you have to deal with on a regular basis, okay? As a person of color, that is not possible. Not an option for you. Okay? That's not an option for you. And so I think that what we we are looking for is not accountability for things that you didn't do. It is the willingness to understand the differences and nuances in our culture, because it is definitely a subculture of the American culture, right? It's just like if you go, I mean, shoot, there's a Chinatown in almost every major city. Why? Because it is a subsect of the whole culture, which is these Chinese American people living in a culture that is, that is, you know, relevant to their lives, but also familiar to them. So black culture is a subsect and a subculture. So it is just us asking for understanding and asking questions about if and you don't reparations know. are asking for that as well. California talking about some reparations. I might slide on over there. How, I mean, <laughs> no, that's just for California. Well, first of all, y'all will never a slave state. How y'all doing this? Anyway, exactly. that's a whole nother conversation. Gavin, thank you. And there's a whole nother conversation. Let me, let me end it in this way. Let me ask you one final question. I want to hear your thoughts on this. Juneteenth has become a globally recognized celebration of freedom. So my question to you, user 1.5, is how do you feel about the global impact of African-American culture and um, how the world over is now celebrating um, this day and this moment of freedom in America? Because it's not just black culture. This Mm -hmm. is American. This is America. The official Juneteenth colors, as folks have been trying to tell y'all, is not black, red, uh, black wait a minute Yellow. it's not black red yeah, and green, green. Uh-huh. it's not that y'all it is red white and blue Absolutely. so what do you feel about this being a globally recognized all over the world um celebration of freedom and how black culture in america has proliferated the world over in a very very positive and impactful way listen y'all we need a longer month okay it's been it has been <laughs> 
We need a longer month. We need a longer month. You, we really need a quarter. We we need give half us a quarter. Year. Give us six months. Yeah, six months. That's too long. Y'all can't last that long. But a quarter, <laughs> y'all could probably figure out how to do it. Oh, listen, around the world, here's the thing. Uh, American culture, for a lot of the world, is the standard, okay? People look at okay, West... But what does that mean when you say American culture is the standard? I was about to explain, standard. but okay. you, ex- Go ahead. you interrupted me. Mm-hmm. So American culture, people look at American culture and they think, this is this is what I want. This is what, what how I want to behave. This is what... This is the cool... We are the cool kids, okay? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're the cool kids. How you get there? You know we the cool kids. I thought we was the bully. That too. Oh. A lot of times the cool kids are the bullies. You're right. Okay. But black culture is so ingrained in this country. I mean, from the slang to hip hop to the way people dress. I mean, if you want to talk about, you got white girls wearing cornrows, talking about his festival hair. No, that is, that is uniquely a black appropriation but what i'm saying is black culture is the standard okay we are innovative we are creative and we have contributed artistically not just financially or with our strength with it we have literally artistically contributed to this country in a way that you see black culture show up in almost every single thing you know what i hear you saying there is a we're joy that bitch there no I, what i yes we're that, that bitch that what mm-hmm. i hear you saying truly is that there is a joy mm-hmm. an unspeakable joy mm-hmm. in blackness yeah and yeah. you it's infectious yeah and you can't help but want to get into it. Mm-hmm. And you can't help to want to be a part of it. And yeah. that's not to that's not to level any other culture because it's listen because when uh, listening when y'all dro- throw the Cinco de Mayo festival, I actually want to be there. I have my I like tacos and tequila. I used to work at a factory when I was in college in the summertime, and when I left, they threw me a whole Mexican festival at that factory. Like it was just it was good too. It long. was good. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It was authentic. You know. So we we celebrate other cultures as well. But what I hear you saying is that there is a joy in blackness that translates around yeah. the world. And right? the joy you. See see in black people let me tell you something if you ever come across and i love i always say i love old black people if you ever come across somebody especially as black person to black person we have this unspoken code and rule i mean i went and got my oil changed yesterday had a whole kiki ha 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 conversation with all the people in there because we were just it was just, it was hot I was getting my oil changed and we were laughing and kiki and boy don't do that da, 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 don't don't keep charging me you know what i mean but we have this this joy that pass that surpasses understanding because of what we've been through mm-hmm. in our lineage and the fact that we're still on the other side able to have joy and be happy and to try and see the bright side i mean to be really honest with you i have so many clients that are non-people of color and when i tell you a lot of times i'm like the you just the joy is not there it's always, I'm too fat, I'm too this, I don't like this, I don't like this. And I just, I'm like, that's not, that's not the culture that I grew up in. That's not the culture. I literally, our mother was a single mother, single black mother. She never, she always had joy. There was always, even if she couldn't do something, there was always, well, let's do this. Let's do something free. Let's go do, like, there, there is, 
ingenuity. There is and black people compromise. are black people are. What I hear you saying, even about our mother, is that black people are masters of masquerade because the pain is there. But we but it don't have find to you. joy, right? Yep. We Doesn't allow we you. allow the joy we find inside of even the pain mm-hmm. to be greater. Right. And that's been the history of us in this country. I'm so proud to be a black American. I'm so proud of my ancestry. I'm so proud of the people that came before me, which is why we're always trying to learn about them. And we're always Mm -hmm. trying to learn about who we are and where we come from. Black people literally built so much of themselves and communities with just themselves, without the help of anybody, um, because there was no help. Um, And so we honor that Juneteenth is an honoring of all things black America. It is an honoring of our freedom. It is an appreciation, a celebration of appreciation for all these folks who came before us. Reverence for the ancestors. And who, right, who sacrificed and said, and who sacrificed and saw in their mind's eye, you. Yep. And saw me. And gave of themselves so that one day we could be where we are and we continue that legacy. So final thoughts using 1.5. We're celebrating Juneteenth. We, 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 we know this is not about Michael, but in truth, the fact really is. Michael he, was an African king. He was a black man in America. <laughs> this is his lineage as well. This is the lineage. This is the history of the Jackson family as well. Alabama. Mm-hmm. Didn't he was from Alabama? Didn't you read them states off? Who's on the yeah. list? All, all, all the slave states. Y'all all the Alabama the, included. <laughs> Alabama, Alabama, Mississippi. Mississippi, Louisiana. You know, Texas, this is yeah. our history. Um, and, and let me ask you this, too. Since we, we haven't really talked about Michael because, you know, it's not really about him. But what do you think he would have thought of this moment in time? Michael doesn't Michael didn't live to see what became an inflection point, a new inflection point in black history there. Many instances in our history that represent an inflection point. Rosa Parks refusing to get up from that seat. Mm-hmm. That was an inflection point. Things changed from that moment. Michael Brown being killed by the Minneapolis, it was Minneapolis, right? Police. I believe it was Minneapolis police um, f- uh, for nothing. Um, mm-hmm. Was an inflection point that set off a domino effect in this country for race relations. It's not the first one. Michael doesn't live to see that thing. What do you think if you could, people like to see him like, Michael, make you wouldn't like this. Make you. <laughs> well, first what of all, y'all don't know Michael. Y'all know what Michael likes what do and what you, Michael but, don't like. What do you think he would have thought of where we are now and this celebration? Michael was very conscious of his race. Absolutely. He was very conscious of his There's no way that you are history. an African-American person in this country and you're not conscious of your race. Very conscious no of And I think he was so more acutely conscious of it because of the constant accusation being leveled against him that he didn't want to be right. a black man, that right. he didn't have value in being a black man. Meanwhile, he, he'd given countless dollars and countless time and countless mm-hmm. energy to, to black centered. Right. I mean, he was a huge donor efforts. to the UNCF. Right. So. And more, more than but, most of the folks that were, were that were complaining about him yeah. had ever done. Yeah. More, you know, 10 times over more. What do you, and, and not, when I talk about money, now we talk about cultural impact of this person in black America. It's crazy. What do you think he would have thought about where we are right now and the cel- the national celebration of black freedom? I think Michael would have been like all of us, just proud. Yeah, you know, at this I point agree. in in 
my 30 some years on this earth. I'm just proud when, when this, when anybody in this country acknowledges, acknowledge us. Me. Acknowledge yeah. me. We're Roman Reigns. We, we need Roman to be Reigns. acknowledged. Yeah. Okay? I, I think he would be and too. I, and I will say, I think about what Taj said when he was on the show, Taj said that, you know, Michael would have them watching like To Kill a Mockingbird. And if you know anything about To Kill a Mockingbird, that book or the film, whichever one, you know, some of y'all don't read like TJ said. Oh, but, no. <laughs> but it was a black <laughs> man, it was a oh. black man being accused of molesting a white girl unjustly and kind of lynch in a lynch mob style. And then you get Atticus Finch who comes to be his defense attorney so i think about tosh saying that michael had them watching that and michael saying to his nephews who are half black and half mexican right having saying to them like as a black person in this country you got to work twice as hard to get half the credit so for anybody who thinks that michael jackson didn't really understand what it was like to be a black man in this country even though he had transcended heights of of popularity that we had never seen before then you are sadly mistaken michael understood that and we know that he understood that because of what his own nephews have said that he said so i think michael would just be proud like the rest of us and i'm so happy um there have been a lot of celebrations over the weekend for juneteenth a lot of little cookouts and honey listen the way we cook out on fourth of july people we need to start cooking out on juneteenth okay it's hot yes Okay, but y'all know how this is gonna be on the grill. But you know what? The other thing is, like, black people have used July Fourth. Um, and so I was reading this today also as a celebration. So back in the day, black people would use July Fourth to also celebrate Juneteenth. Juneteenth. Okay, but now we got a separate holiday now. So y'all got to fire up your grill twice. So, yeah, no, we, 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 we definitely, and, and it's not just for black people, right? Black people especially need right. to do this, but this is for, you know, this is where white people and other, uh, it's not just black and white. This country can be very, um, binary, Polarized, right? And, yeah. and it's like white, black, but you know, that like you said, there are, we have, a, um, Asian Americans, we have Hispanic Americans, we have native Americans, mm-hmm. um, all these different groups. So it's not just black and white. It's not a binary thing. It's a celebration of the ideals of America. Yeah. And that you should be, pr- I'm proud yeah. to be an American. People yeah. say like, uh, I'm not, I'm not ashamed of what my ancestors have done to contribute to the success of this country. Not yeah. one bit. I'm not ashamed at all. Um, and but this is a also, moment for us to celebrate. Yeah. Also, we don't want to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We also don't want to diminish their struggles and the things that they went through so that we can be where we are now. And so listen, we, we are cel- we celebrate every single person, all the ancestors, everyone who never, who could have never dreamed that we'd be sitting here in 2023 with, with, with a Juneteenth holiday celebrating who they were and the impact they had on this country i think that is wonderfully said black people be proud of today be proud of the people that came before you some of them nameless um we've we've done a lot to research our own ancestry and it's difficult um and if people wonder why it's so difficult i remember i was in law school and somebody said i don't understand why black people don't go back to africa more and i was like we don't even know where we're from i have no idea it's a big continent a lot you of have, countries. It's not a country. It's a lot of countries. It's a continent. There. But it was angering to me. 
it was hurtful, but also angering was like, you don't know clearly a damn thing. But do you know how hard it is for black people to trace their ancestry? Because we were not considered human. Mm -hmm. And so we weren't. And because they wanted us to forget. And they wanted us to forget, right? So that's why even, you know, we, we've done a lot to, to, to research our own family history. And you, you meet a wall because you get to a place where you know you've entered slavery. Where records were not kept for who these people were. So mm -hmm. honoring all the nameless uh, yep. people in your lineage who you will never know their name maybe. But they sacrificed and they survived for you. Yeah. That is what. We remember on this day of celebration, we remember black freedom. We remember the ideals that America holds really true when we say we want to export this idea to other parts of the world, which I don't know why we're so committed to doing. And that is freedom and the opportunity to, if you're willing to work and if you're willing to give people an equal opportunity to work and do, you can achieve uh, the pursuit of happiness Life, liberty and right? the pursuit of happiness the pursuit that's what this happiness. country was built on and we are holy american never been to africa in my life want to go yeah we, we have we are we're, we're american and we have and african proud. ancestry and we're really proud of all these things because i can't erase any of it and the the strength and fortitude that exists inside of our ancestors is something to be celebrated today on Juneteenth and every single day of the year. Thank you guys so much for joining us on a very special episode of the Black Jackson Estate Podcast. Stay tuned for our June episode, which is uh, dropping really soon. Also, if you're not already, check out our Patreon. Go like and subscribe to our Patreon to get exclusive content uh, that is not available anywhere else. And also it helps to support this podcast and to keep it going. If you enjoy the Black Jackson Estate Podcast, we need your support. We need you to be a part of what keeps this podcast going. And right now, exclusively, I don't know for how long, you can get a seven-day free trial on Patreon to hear months of content that has already been, that's already there. You can join the conversation, join the community. We want to see you there. We want to see you join. Um, we want to have those interactions with you. So stop right now after this podcast. And in honor of Juneteenth, go subscribe to the Black Jackson Estate Patreon, okay? Um, and subscriptions uh, start as low as $5 a month, and that will give you access to so much good content from us um, and also give you an opportunity to talk to us intimately and let us know what you think and let us know some suggestions and things you think that maybe we should do. Um, we appreciate you so much on today and every day. Please go out and support a black business. Support a black Jackson Estate. This is a black business. Support a black business locally in your area. If you are not American, you can still support a black business um, because you can support this podcast. And you can also support um, by just doing a little research and finding out who in your area um, is uh, is black owned and black sponsored and throw some support their way. Um, Thank you again so much for joining us on the Black Jackson State Podcast. We also have a summer reading series that is debuting this month. Um, so if you are on Patreon, look out for that. And if you're joining Patreon, you're not going to want to miss this. This is going to be your first exclusive on Patreon. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, we will be doing a deep dive into what? Using 1.5? Margaret Maldonado Jackson's book, Jackson Family Values, Memories of Madness. And listen, if you don't have that book already, 
you need to get a copy so that you can follow along and understand the conversation. I don't know how this is going to uh, unfold. I don't know if it's going to be in parts. I don't know if it's just going to be one big uh, episode. Uh, that's really not my bag, but I do know that it will be very interesting and something you're not going to want to miss Slightly out messy. on. Slightly messy. Slightly messy. Yeah. Little tea. Little tea here and there. Um, but certainly we want to continue to explore and uplift the Jackson family and all that they've contributed to American music with the primary focus on who is our love forever, Michael Jackson. Thank you very much for supporting the Black Jackson State podcast.